Welcome to the MUFG Global Markets FX Week Ahead podcast with Derek Halpenny, Head of Research Global Markets EMEA and International Securities. It's Friday 19th of May 2023 and joining Derek to pose some questions on the financial market themes for the week ahead is Shan Hussain, Vice President of FI FX Sales. The following podcast is intended for professional investors and eligible counterparties only, and not for retail clients. Any content should not be regarded as an offer to conduct investment business or an investment recommendation, but for information purposes only. Welcome, Derek, and a very warm welcome to our listeners. Thanks, Sam. Afternoon. Good afternoon. Um, so le- let's quickly uh, focus um, on the U.S. dollar that has advanced this week uh, against most currencies in G10. It seems optimism is picking up that we will avoid the worst case scenario and get a deal done on, on the debt ceiling. Uh, does that explain the U.S. dollar move this week? And what do the moves this week mean for next week if we do get a deal announced? Yeah, Um Hi, Sean. It's um, uh, yeah. You know, I think definitely the the debt ceiling mood music has has improved. Uh, we've had further comments today. Brian Fitzpatrick, a Republican representative, um, he's he's mentioned that we're in a good place. Um, and you know, the comments from other officials this week has has been indicative of progress being made. So, I think for sure. Certainly, part of the yield story into the beginning of this week. So, from the last few weeks, there's definitely been um, some pricing of risk in terms of a, a catastrophic outcome. So, I think the, the the reversal of that is is definitely part of the story. It's probably not the full story. I think, um, like I would certainly say, data wise, there's there was nothing compelling to to shift the markets, but price action in terms of probability of a rate increase in June did pick up a bit. It's about 30% probability at the moment for 25 basis points um, at the June meeting. Uh, and some of the easing from the back end of this year has also been taken out of the market. So uh, I, I, the data-wise, as I said, not that compelling to warrant what has been essentially a 35 basis point move in the two-year U.S. Treasury note yield. Um, I think the Fed rhetoric is the obvious other factor, and um, uh, in particular, Dallas Fed President Logan. She was quite specific about um, uh, the the data as it is, not enough to warrant a pause. Um, so her bias is, it seems, definitely to hike. Bullard, who we already know, has that bias. He also spoke, um, but Jefferson was a bit hawkish as well. So, you know, it's it's certainly not a done deal that we we get a pause, which is where the markets were a few weeks ago. So, I think that has definitely played into um, the the rates moves that we've had this week. Um, what I would say, though, Sean, is that looking at the broader markets. To me, it's very, very clear that from an FX perspective, yields are still really important. You know, the the dollar, as you mentioned, has advanced this week, but there were three currencies that um, the the dollar failed to advance against. So that the top three G10 performing currencies this week were the the Aussie, uh, the Kiwi, and CAD. And when you look at some of the specifics, what is clear 
is that FX is responding to rates. Uh, and by that, I mean, for example, in, in, in New Zealand, we had uh, the budget, which the government revised away the, the recession. They've also increased the degree of fiscal stimulus to pay for reconstruction for the damage from the cyclone. We've got an RBNZ meeting next week. The market's fully priced for 25 potentially, um, we're at about 40% probability of a 50 basis point move. And the two-year yield in New Zealand jumped by 55 basis points um, on, on the back of that news. Also, inflation data in Canada was stronger than expected. So the front end in Canada moved by as much, actually a little bit more than the two-year in the US. It moved by 37 basis points. And in Australia, um, um, again, the markets are kind of Toing and froing on another rate hike from the RBA, and the two-year in Australia jumped by uh, about thirty-five basis points. So, it's the moves that we've had there. Whereas in Europe and in the UK, the front end moved by about 10, 12 basis points less than the US, and those currencies were obviously um, some of the underperforming. So, you know, debt ceiling um, is important, um, and in that context, it, it explains some of the move, but. Definitely front-end rates on different idiosyncratic um, developments is also part of the G10 FX story this week. For next week, you know, given, I would say if we get a deal done, given the communications we've had this week, I think it's pretty much fully priced. Not fully priced, but, you know, a good a good chunk of it. So you'd probably get some positive initial reaction. The dollar might get a bit of a lift. But ultimately, you know, to me, the bigger broader picture on the US dollar hasn't changed. We're still bearish. We still think, you know, if you take a, a four-week time horizon beyond, uh, the risks are still to the downside because the fundamental backdrop and the macro flow of data, uh, I don't think that's changing in any meaningful way. Um, and that still points to the Fed pausing in June and um, the tightening cycle finished and the potential for rate cuts at the end of the year. So our bigger, broader picture is still the same. Uh, and then finally, very quickly, technically, the, the momentum is with the dollar. So, you know, while I'm skeptical of this move continuing, you know, I, I don't have conviction that we're, we're at a turning point right now and maybe momentum trading could see the dollar extend further over the short term. Yeah, um, thanks for that, Derek. Um, looking to other themes for the week ahead, uh, what do you think will be the most important for the markets? Yeah, well, obviously, the, the, the big macro variable is still very much inflation. We've had most inflation data um, from the key countries already um, in, in May, but uh, the UK inflation data for because of the bank holidays, I think it was a little, it's a little bit later this month, so that'll be out next week. And that is, I think, the, the, the big kind of... Um, macro print, if you like, certainly from for, for the UK. And it's also important because, you know, Sean, I'm sure you've read us and it's it's kind of a, a well rolled out kind of reference to sticky inflation in the UK. And yeah, when you look at inflation, it's still at 10%, 10.1% and inflation everywhere else is falling. But that's about to happen in the UK. And the reason why it hasn't happened up until now is partly to do with the off gem price cap mechanism and the timing of that being a little bit lagged. And then when it does change, you see this abrupt move um, higher. That's now going to start reversing. The off-gem price cap increase from April 2022 of 54% is going to come out of the annual um, 
calculations. And that will result in potentially a two percentage point drop in the annual inflation rate. Um, and then there's more to come, you know, in, in based on natural gas prices today, the off-gen price cap in July, month on month from June, could drop by about 20%. So possibly by July, August time, the off-gen annual rate of, um, of of increase implied in the utility prices in CPI, which is up currently up eighty five percent, that could be back at around zero, modestly positive. Um, so, in other words, that whole base effect is going to come out over the next four months. Um, inflation, otherwise, you know, the Bank of England seem really pessimistic, uh, and, and I can't really get to the forecasts that they published in the Bank of England's monetary policy report. Um, you know, they have the annual Q2 CPI rate at 8.2%. But even when I do my calculations on a 1% month-on-month each month in Q2, I only get to a 7.2 annual rate for Q2. So they seem to be uh, pretty, very pessimistic on inflation outside of energy um, being a lot stronger. Now, food inflation is still quite high, but the base effects from a year ago are also going to be pretty hefty to get beyond to see annual food inflation continuing to accelerate from here. So I I think the Bank of England's projections over the short term are are too pessimistic. And I think there's a good chance maybe after next week's data, the markets will start to do their calculations and see that, you know, ultimately the Bank of England may be, may be too pessimistic. And then that could put some downward pressure on, on, on rates in terms of not just one rate I can June, but a, a second one um, on top of that, which is pretty much priced into the market. So, you know, I guess the takeaway is that I, we, we see risks that maybe after this solid period of of pound performance, and we've been calling it since the beginning of the year, our bias is becoming a little bit more neutral, and we think there's a chance that the rates market could start to readjust to the downside, um, and that could mean we have a period of, of pound underperformance. But uh, yeah, obviously, we need to get the inflation print first next week and, and get some clarity from that in terms of where we're going. Thanks, Derek. You make some really interesting points, uh, which uh, we will sh- probably keep in mind. Um, I know the research uh, research team uh, have been running short dollar trade ideas of late. Um, have you managed to hold on to those? And uh, do you have any updates for our listeners on those trade ideas? Yeah, no, we, we, we you know, generally since we've started the the trading view section in the FX Weekly, we've every every year since we've started, we've we've. Um, We've turned in a net paper profit, but 2023 is not going that way so far. And um, yeah, those dollar short trade ideas of late obviously haven't been working particularly well. Um, we've been stopped out of dollar yen uh, to the upside, um, and dollar knocky short position we still have, but it's it's well out of the money at the moment. We're so close to the stop. We've decided just to leave it. There's no point cutting it at this point. We, we've had that stop in place. And, you know, next week, it's a lot of uncertainty in terms of how things play out um, in, in regards to the debt ceiling. And while I mentioned earlier, you know, the markets are expecting a deal and that seems to be the way we're going, you know, you, you just don't know. So the dollar could could be in for a choppy period. But ultimately, yeah, you know, the, the uh, I've gone through the, the factors helping the dollar at the moment and, um, as I said, further out, we just don't think this momentum will continue. But um, uh, so at some point, we'll we'll look to reestablish. Um, we still think that's the right view, but 
the momentum is certainly against the dollar bearish trades at the moment. Thank you, Derek. That sets up uh, sets us up nicely for next week. Uh, lots to look forward to. Um, wish you all the best and uh, wish all our listeners uh, all the best for next week. Thanks, Sam. And you. Thank you for listening to this MUFG Global Markets podcast. Rate, review and subscribe and reach out to your MUFG sales rep for more information. Come back next week for more insights from the Global Markets Research Team.